Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Wow, what a different world we live in today than we lived in two weeks ago. You get to sit in your living room, maybe you're around the dining room table, uh, lounging on the couch, not wearing pants, maybe in your PJs, or, or maybe like you're, you're, you're near and dear to my heart. You're sitting there with a big stack of bacon and eggs and pancakes and maple syrup. Did you ever think you would see the day you could sit with your pancakes in church? Jesus loves you. I love you. And welcome to church. You know, we're we're, we're adjusting to a lot of changes. I think all of us, we kind of, I, I read yesterday, someone said, I'm kind of halfway between, I want to be calm and I want to panic, and I feel like both at the same time. Um, we're adjust, there's a lot of things that I would like to say. In, in times like this, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of unsurety, what, what's going to happen, you know, there's a lot of things, but we have limited time here. Actually, we don't. I don't think anybody has anywhere to go after we have no appointments. So welcome to City Life's first five and a half hour broadcast live to the world. You know, our commitment, our team, I, wanted, I just actually want to give a real shout out right now to our media team that uh, you have no idea how hard they worked to get everything up and running to help create the most dynamic online church experience that we can possibly create for you, your family, your friends, your co-workers. And, you know, the doors are closed, but the church will never, ever, ever close. And, you know, the church, the church, we have 2,000 years of surviving plagues in the church. We have 2,000 years of, of overcoming whatever the world can throw at it. And, you know, it's, a, it's an enduring legacy. You know, what we, what, what we do know right now, life's going to change. It's going to change dramatically for, for all of us in the immediate future. We don't, we don't know. And church, church is no exception. You know, this is changing the way that, that we work, the, the way that we have to gather, the way that we have to meet, and the way that we have to, to worship. But I do want to tell you one thing. Jesus did say, wherever two or three of you gather in my name, I'm there. And if, if Jesus was walking the earth today, he might have phrased that differently. He, so, he might have said, wherever two or three are logged in, or wherever two or three are connected, he's there in the midst of us. I'll tell you, God is bigger than a confined space. God is bigger than a building. And it's, you know, it's, such a, it's an encouraging thought that we were scrambling a little bit before in, in the, as the, the children's service was running at, the, at 9.20. We're scrambling because servers all over the globe are crashing because the church is taking over the internet. The church is alive, the church is well, and I honestly think you, this, is, this could be the church's greatest hours. You know, the, the changes can be overwhelming. The changes can be overwhelming. There's a lot of questions. Will I lose my job? Or maybe you've already lost your job. 
question, well, what if I get sick? What if my family gets sick? What if a loved one gets sick? Well, what about food? I was walking through, I was just trying to find pancake mix. You'd think that that would be, like, that's not a healthy food. That's not, like, you don't, if you're stocking up to survive, pancake mix should not be on the list. But there's no pancake mix. And uh, as you're walking through the, the, the store, it's like these, these shelves are empty. Will there be food? Will there be toilet paper? Never mind pancake mix. Will I have plush wipes? Will, will I be able to clean my tushy? This is important. These are important questions, people. You know, I want to challenge us as a church. I want to, I want to encourage us as the church. Be a different voice in these times. We do not need to voice fear and anxiety. In fact, you know, Jesus, in, in one of the times that he was, uh, one of the times that he was talking to his disciples, it's John. We find this in John chapter fourteen. Just as he's getting, he's getting ready to leave. He's just getting ready to depart the earth, and he knows. He knows these disciples are going to face some of the most trying moments of their lives. He knows they're going to have questions. They're going to be fearful. They're going to be filled with doubts. They're going to be filled with insecurity. And this is, this is as he's getting ready to leave and prepare them, this is, this is what he says to them. In John 14, he says, Don't worry or surrender to your fear. You believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. And you know, in this time when everything's going crazy, when the whole world is, is, is just kind of coming unglued, trust in God. And we have to decide, where are we going to place our trust? Are we going to put our trust in, in our money? Are we going to put our trust in our job? Are we going to put our trust in the economy? Jesus says, trust in me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Believe that I have something better for you. I've got something better to give you. And later in that John 14, verse 27, he says, I give, I'm leaving you with a gift. He says, I leave you with the gift of peace. I give you, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Not just the kind of peace that comes from coming to a, a negotiated settlement, but my peace, the divine peace, not the fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And I, would, I just want to tell you, you do not need to live in fear. Jesus said I, he's given us a gift of peace of mind and heart. And when the rest of the world lives in fear, we have a gift that we can, we, can, we can open up and live in instead. You know, God heard a message this week, and it's just so, it's so true. God is not in heaven saying, I did not see this coming. God is not panicking. God is not calling an emergency Trinity meeting with six feet of separation. God's in control. God's in control. God is good, and he does good. And he has a plan. And whatever, whatever battle you're facing right now, God is with you. God is with you, and he wants to, he wants to empower you in the situations that you're facing right now. You know, you know when he wants to give you a different spirit to live by. Second Timothy, it says, God will never give you a spirit of fear, 
But he gives you the Holy Spirit, which gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. This is our birthright as believers, as followers of Jesus. This is your birthright. This is, you own this. You can have this. You don't have to live by the spirit of fear, but you can live by a spirit of mighty power, love, and self-control. And I'll tell you something, the spirit that you live in, it's not just for you, it's for those around you. It makes a difference in the encounters that you have, in the people that you interact with. The spirit that you live by can make all the difference. And you know, we've had to, we've had to do a lot of changes in the way that we go through life. Now there's a lot of elbow bumps and foot taps going on for greetings. And you know, there, there's, there's this physical distance that we have to create between people. And that's not being fearful, that's just called being responsible. That's, and it's important that we live wise, but we don't need to live in fear. We don't need to live in anxiety. We can choose to live in a different, we can choose to live in a different spirit. And as we adjust to this whole thing of social distancing and physical distancing, I want to encourage you, you know, physically distance yourself, but commit to connecting to people socially in a different way. You know, the, I'm, we, we physically have to separate, but we don't have to socially separate. We don't have to separate in our relationships and in our connections. We, 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 we can learn new ways to connect. And, uh, you know, as a church, we're setting up new platforms right now. We're setting up so that we can continue to have social gatherings without having physical contact. And, uh, you know, there's, you, know, you, can, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook for devotionals throughout the week. We're, we're, going, to have a, we're going to have the Wednesday night Ask the Pastor or questions, questions for Monica and myself. And maybe we'll even find some, some guest stars to come in there and answer some questions. We may have to stop gathering publicly, but we will never cease to be the church. We will never cease to be what God has called us to be. And you know, that's, that's, uh, what is the church? Well, we find in the, in the book of Acts, we find out this is what the church did. It says Acts chapter 2, it lists this whole, this whole series of things that just happened in the church. They would, they would meet daily. They would reach out to one another daily. They would pray daily. They would, they would encourage and study the word daily. They would learn daily. In, in other words, they weren't a Sunday-only people. They didn't have just a Sunday-only faith. And I want to encourage you, get into a seven-day-a-week growth program for your life. Get into a, get into a seven-day church. Get into a Bible study program and instead of retreating into social isolation physically isolate yourself but socially connect in a brand new way you know you think about of all the times in history where this could happen uh, we live in a day and age where there's no excuse to be disconnected we never in the history of mankind have we had the tools that would allow us to connect without actually physically being together these tools can work for tremendous good in our world, and they can work for tremendous good in our lives. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you, reach out to others. Be ready to serve. Be ready to encourage. Just, just live with a different spirit. Offer to help. Maybe, maybe let people know if they need groceries picked up or dropped off that you're, that you're there to do that. And, uh, you know, as we, as we go through this time of physical distancing or, 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 or isolation, 
Let's, let's do it with a great spirit. Let's do it with a, with a powerful spirit. Let's do it with a spirit that's not filled with fear, but that's filled with faith. And, uh, you know, this last couple of weeks, I, had to, I, I actually had to do the whole isolation thing. I came down with the flu a couple of weeks ago. Not sure what kind of flu it was, but it was some kind of flu. And, uh, you know, there's, when you have to sit in your house for days and days and days on end, um, you know, you're, you get a lot of thinking time. And you also, you also can, you realize that that's a lot of time that, there, there's a lot of time, it's, it's almost like a gift that you had, there's, there's books I was wanting to read, there's, there, there was, you know, things I was wanting to do. It, I actually got through 11 books in isolation. And yeah, that might be a personal best right there. But uh, I want to I encourage you, when you're isolated, don't check out. If you're in your family, you're, you're in your homes, or maybe you're quarantined, or you're self-isolating, or, or whatever that might be, don't check out. Number, and and uh, these are just some of the things, these are, these are things that I do, but these are things that I would encourage you to do is, is uh, first of all, is keep a schedule. Don't just let, you know, so a lot of people, you've lost your job, or, or you don't, just life as you know it has, has ended. There's no sports. There's no recreation. You can't go to the gym. It's like, what can I do? And you just think, wow, I really can't do very much. But there is a lot of things we can do. So keep a schedule. The second thing, uh, and this is just really, this is kind of a practical thing, but just get dressed. When you know you don't have appointments to go to, you have no job to go to, it's easy to just mentally shut down. And I want to encourage you, resist that urge. Resist that urge. You know, the, the, the scriptures, it tells us, it kind of warns us to be vigilant because there's a very real enemy that wants to undermine your life. It, the, the, be, resist the urge to just, to just go into nap mode. And this is, this is one, maybe this, this last one here is maybe the most important of all. Instead of seeing what's happening around us as a as a terrible thing or a curse or some huge negative, view it maybe as a gift. Maybe this is a gift for all the time that, that we've been talking about, well, if I only had the time to do this, I would like to do. Maybe this is a gift to your life to help. How do you help a planet restructure its priorities? That is, is it's in the grip of materialism that's threatening to undermine culture and society how do, how do we get that reset you'll see this is maybe something better than it than, than the way the world around us is portraying it's a gift maybe it's a chance to teach your children some things like how to cook to take time to personally mentor them and train them maybe it's you you've been asking You've been thinking, there's this project I've always wanted to get to. Or maybe you've been thinking, you know, there's these people I've always wanted to connect with, and I just have never had time. Maybe you're at home, and you've been thinking for the last few years, you think, you know, I would love to take more Bible courses, but I just don't have time. Well, I'll tell you, in the days ahead, you're going to have some time. You're going to have time to maybe do some things that you've been asking God for the time to do. So instead of just throwing the time away, redeem it. Redeem it. Use it as a gift. Use it as a precious gift that maybe has been handed to you. Maybe you want to learn how to play the guitar. 
Maybe, maybe you've wanted to take some online Bible courses, or you, you know, one of the things that we're going to be doing is putting our next steps program right online, so you'll be able to take that right at home. Find out about more about who God is, who you are, what the church is, and how to live in your purpose. Start an exercise program, and some I just hear some responses out there right now. It's just like, oh, he had to throw exercise in there, didn't he? You know, it exercise it boosts your immune system. It makes you healthy. High-intensity interval training is good for your whole body, good for your cardiovascular system, helps you fight off infection, cuts, c- combats inflammation. It's, it's important. And you say, what, what is high-intensity interval training? I'll tell you what. Do burpees. Just do a whole bunch of burpees, and you will be doing high-intensity interval training. I'll give you, this is a workout we did at our gym here right before, uh, we're back in, in January. It's a super easy workout. You only need to know one move, and uh, I, I would challenge you to do this, do this at home sometime. It's just how many burpees can you do in an hour? And uh, I can do 463 burpees in an hour. And then I didn't walk properly for a week. But that's not the point of what I'm trying to say here. I'm saying that you need to, you need, you know, take the time and use it. Some of you aren't going to, you're going to have time like you have not had in years. Use it as a precious gift. And, uh, you know, one of the things we're hearing in our media right now, just give me a moment here. We're hearing the word, the term, we're at war. And it's not war, war with people, we're at war with a virus. And I want to just encourage you, church, you're also at war. And you're, you're, at, you're at war for peace. You're at war for strength. And you're at war, we're at war for purpose. And in your life, I want to I encourage you, you know, prepare for war. Prepare for war and, and prepare to defend your peace. You know, there's a term that gets thrown around the church world a lot. It's called spiritual warfare. And, and uh, you know, if you've grown up in the church, there's a lot of things associated with that term that may or may not be very accurate. Uh, if you've been in binge-watching horror shows for the last week, you also have a very distorted view of what spiritual warfare is. <laughs> But I want to, you know, to understand a term in the Bible, to understand anything in the Bible, you actually have to go to the first place we find it in the Bible. So the very first place that we find spiritual warfare, it's in Genesis chapter 3. And this is where we find the serpent. And it says, Genesis chapter 3, you can read it along with me if you want. Now the serpent was more crafty. Everybody say more crafty. That doesn't mean he was really good at needlepoint. It means he was devious. The serpent was more crafty. That was a dad joke, by the way. That was, that doesn't, (laughs) he was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the free the, the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Oh, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable, just listen to this here, also desirable for gaining wisdom. 
She took some and she ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. And this is the very first spiritual attack that we find taking place in the Bible. So this actually becomes the blueprint for what spiritual warfare will be. And we see here that the spiritual attack came as an idea. Spiritual attack comes as ideas. You know, a lot of problems that we face or need to overcome in life, they started somewhere in our lives as an idea. And that became, it started as a question, and it became an idea that got sown, which turned into actions, which turned into shame. And so we have to, we have to ask, what are, what are the ideas that we're allowing to get sown into our lives in these times? What are the ideas that we're exposing ourselves to? At this time, because it's what we do with the questions and the ideas that actually shapes the outcome of our life. And now more than ever, we need to have a defense to the ideas that we're being bombarded with. The world is freaking out, but we don't need to live there. We don't need to accept it. You do not need to embrace the panic. Live wisely, physically distance, but, but defend your peace. Defend your peace. And we defend our, our peace by embracing Christ and all that he has for us. You know, Colossians, it says, beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're just filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system they leave out. Christ. They leave out Christ. The, the NIV says that first part like this, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Be careful that you don't get taken captive by an idea that has no substance, that an idea that has no future, by a mindset or adopting a way of thinking of what's happening on the earth that leaves out Christ. Don't leave Christ out of your future. You know, it's, I think this hollow and deceptive philosophy. I remember when I was a child, my parents would give me chocolates at Easter. I'm sure many of you are the same. And I remember one Easter, I had the, the, my parents, they pulled out this big foil wrap bunny. And it was, it was big. It was like, you know, a good, good hand span high. And, and, and I was, I looked at that and I thought, that is awesome. And then I picked it up and I thought, gosh, this is light. And, and then you, I, you unwrap it. I took a bite and it's like, it was just the thinnest, thinnest layer of chocolate. And it was completely hollow inside. There couldn't have been like a Reese's cup of chocolate in this whole rabbit. And you know, sometimes that's the way the world comes across. It's really big, it's really shiny, it's foil-wrapped, it's very, it's very convincing, but then when you bite into it, it's hollow. And you find there's not substance there. And I'll tell you something, God has substance for you. And this is, you know, when it comes to guarding your life, Proverbs 4.23, you hear it a lot around here, it's guard your heart for ab above all else because it determines the course of your life. And you know, in, the, in Bible times, the heart was actually considered the seat of intellect, not emotion. 
Guard your intellect. Guard the thoughts and ideas that you're allowing your, into your life because that's actually going to determine the whole course of your life. And so what do we guard against? Guard against panic and negativity. Put fences up in your social media. And I'll just tell you, for negative, chronically negative sources, chronically negative people, just stop following them. You don't have to unfriend them all, but you don't have to follow them all. You know, now more than ever, the words of Paul apply to us where it says, Philippians 4 8, finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. Never has this been more crucial. Second, just a really practical thing get your information from the right sources. You know, just news is not actually a very reliable source for information because reporters aren't paid to be accurate. They're paid to get published. And what is published, what gets published isn't what's accurate. It's what's sensational. It's what's dramatic. It's what generates response. Get your information from the right sources. And, and, and just realize, you know, if you, take, if you just fast from the news for a few days, the world will not crash around you. And you'll probably be in a better headspace because you did. Guard against anxiousness. You know, Paul said, don't be anxious, but pray instead. Don't be anxious, but pray instead. And he said, you know, the God of peace, you know, he'll give you, he'll give you, or God will give you peace beyond what mortal understanding justifies. He will bring peace into your life. A lot of people right now have a lot of concerns. How will I pay for this bill? How will, how will I pay my mortgage when I don't even have work? How will it turn out? You know what? I have no clue. We don't know. We're on an adventure, people. It is kind of exciting, isn't it? And I, we're going to get to be a part of what history will write about. It's an exciting time to be alive. How's it going to turn out? I don't know. I do know this. Paul said in Romans, we are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything. Not most things, not some things. God is able to orchestrate everything, to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you. We don't have to have all the answers because you can be trusted. So often in our life, we trust in, our, we trust in security. We trust in our bank accounts. We trust in our finances. We trust in our job. We trust in our government. We trust in our institutions. And now we're in a time where we wonder, can we trust any of that? Well, I know what we can trust. We can trust you. And you said, trust in me. Put your faith in me. So, Father, as we're facing the challenges that are ahead, instead of seeing this as a terrible thing that's happened all around us, we choose to see it as a gift. We choose to see this as, as maybe an answer to prayers of your church and your people that have said there has to be something better for us as a, as a, as a society. There has to be something better. That, Father, we would embrace this this season as a time to heal families, to heal relationships, to reset some priorities and allow you to begin to speak to our hearts in these days ahead. 
that we would, we would be ready to listen, we would be ready to obey, and we would be ready to let you move and have your way in our hearts. And Father, I just pray peace. You told your disciples, when you, when you go into someone's home, speak peace to their homes. And as I come into those homes right now virtually, I just speak peace. Let your presence let your presence reign. set aside the voices of the world. We say, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to be tuned to you. Father, we thank you for the gift, the gift of peace that you've given us. We receive that. We say yes to that. I just want to pray now. Maybe you're watching online for the first time. And maybe you're thinking, but I don't follow Jesus. Well, it's not hard. All you do is say yes to him. And he takes it from there. So I want to lead us in another prayer. And you can pray wherever you're at, whether you're in your car or in your house. You can pray with us. Jesus, I say yes to you. I want your plan. I don't want to have to save myself. I trust in you that you can save, that you can heal me, you can restore me. I say yes to your plan and to following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the Next Step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.